The Everyday Style School podcast is brought to you by our collection of capsule guides and style masterclasses. Maybe you're struggling with creating a style that really feels like you, or maybe you're overwhelmed by your overstuffed closet, or maybe you just want an easy, done-for-you wardrobe plan. Whatever you need, we've got a solution for you. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com and use code PODCAST at checkout to take 20% off of your next purchase. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at youreverydaystyle.com. Hello, gorgeous. You're listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and I've been dressing real women just like you for over 20 years. Now I'm on a mission to teach women around the world how to create easy, effortless style without confusion and overwhelm. If you're ready to create a wardrobe you love and feel confident every day so you can live the life you want, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast. I am super excited today to share with you the first of two episodes on creating a style for your home that is as unique and authentic as you are. When I invited today's guest to be on the show, I planned for it just to be our usual one-part conversation, but in the middle, you'll hear, I realized that we had a whole lot more to talk about, and before the episode was even finished, I invited her back. We're going to air these episodes back-to-back so that you can stay in home-style mode for a couple of weeks and not lose momentum. You get a two-week wardrobe break to focus on style in other areas. In the first episode, my guest and I talk about her business and some common design mistakes that she sees and her philosophy on creating a home that you love. Then in the second episode, we do a deep dive into how to find your home's signature style, even if you have no idea where to start. I'll admit as confident as I am in building a signature style for my wardrobe, I'm kind of timid when it comes to making bolder choices in my house. I got so much out of these two episodes, and I hope that you do too, and I really recommend you do the download. We go through it in part two of the interview, but you are definitely going to want to go through that, and you can even go through it with us next week. But with that said, let's meet our guest expert for the next two episodes. Zandra Zura is the founder of Little Yellow Couch, an interior design coaching platform for everyday home lovers. She's also the host of the popular podcast, Style Matters, which has logged in over 200 interviews with the most creative people working in the interiors industry. With over 25 years of experience teaching herself how to create beautiful, meaningful homes, she has developed her own step-by-step, slow-style approach to teaching others how to do the same. Along with the podcast, Zandra has also created a monthly membership called the Slow Style Society. She teaches an online course called Master the Mix and hosts in-person signature style retreats. Little Yellow Couch has been featured on many media outlets, including iTunes, Domino, Better Homes and Gardens, USA Today, and Podcast Magazine. Xandra's also been a speaker at several creative business conferences in the U.S. and Canada. Guys, this lady knows her stuff, so let's dig into it, and we'll be back with our wardrobe episodes in a couple of weeks. Hi, Xandra. Welcome to the Everyday Style School. 
Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this conversation. It's it's a little bit outside my normal realm, which I love. Well, you know, before we started recording, you and I were just talking about how it's fun to get to do things that you don't normally do. So I'm happy that we can provide that for you today. Thank you. So when I was looking for interior designers to have on the show, because our listeners are always asking for home designers, home experts mm-hmm. to have on the show. So I've been doing a lot of research and looking at a lot of people. And then I found your website and you talk about homes the same way I talk about clothes. And I, I was agree. Like, I've looked at your yes. stuff too. We are, we yes. are simpatico. And when you find somebody who has the same vision and values and outlook on how to create beautiful things that make you feel good about your home or your wardrobe, I thought that is the right person to talk to my ladies. Awesome. So just to get us started, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you became a home style expert. Sure. So how did it all start? Well, (laughs) uh, probably like many people, once you get your very first apartment out of college, you know, you start realizing that your home is a canvas for expressing who you are. And you you want to put your stamp on the world, right? You're no longer living under your parents' roof. Um, you might have a roommate, but, you know, you still, you have this freedom to start figuring out how you want to show up to the outside world. And and I, you know, we, we I feel like we start with our clothing because that's, that's our first a realization that we can make a statement about what's on our insides mm-hmm. through what we wear. And then it just expands to home. I mean, when we first uh, came up with the name for our podcast, Style Matters, I wondered, are people going to think this is a fa- you know, fashion-related podcast? And then I thought, I didn't really care. I mean, you know, <laughs> style is an expression of who we are. And um, it's about building confidence. And it's about how we want to show up in the world. And it can be, it can be home. It can be clothing. Uh, it could be, you know, where we decide to travel to. So, you know, you get your first apartment and you start putting your stamp on things. And it basically just grew from there. I mean, it was just sort of a natural uh, desire I had to exercise some creative muscles. I didn't think of it as a job. I didn't occur to me that that people would. I mean, of course, I knew interior designers existed, but I, I just was doing it for myself. And I've really kind of continued along that vein I, through the multiple apartments I've lived in and then the multiple homes, it has always been primarily first and foremost for my own pleasure and to create an environment that made me feel supported. It made me feel energized. It reflected who I was at the time and where I'd come from, but it also was aspirational. You know, who who did I want to become? What was a new phase of life I was going to be entering into? So that's re- that none of that has really changed. Um, I, I, I became very interested in DIY and then I decided eventually to turn that into a business. And I had for, I don't know, maybe four years, I had a, I, I made things by hand, sold them at juried shows, loved it, but couldn't scale it because I was the only one making things. And I couldn't, you know, you, you, you can only make so many things in a given amount of hours. And I got a little burnt mm-hmm. out. Uh, had a friend. We started Little Yellow Couch as more of a lifestyle blog. We covered all aspects of lifestyle. And then we decided to get a little bit more focused on interiors because that was where our true passions were. And we kind of just fumbled around for a while. We didn't, you know, we were just putting out content because we loved it. We thought other people might like it. And we were looking for like-minded people, a community. And I think blogging 
really used to be that. It used to be where you kind of found your people and, and it was much smaller and it wasn't quite so um, laden with advertising and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then we stumbled onto podcasting and that's when everything opened up and the Style Matters podcast came about. And I just really haven't looked back since. Um, I, I love the podcasting. It is definitely about community. It's such an intimate medium where you get to, as a listener, you, you're putting somebody in your earbuds and you feel like you're having a one-on-one conversation with them. And I don't know if you feel that way. I'm sure you do. It, it's, it's just such a great way to connect with people. And from there, it expanded to um, in-person style retreats and an online course and a, a membership. And, and there we are. There we are. So let's go back to your blog or now, I guess, just your business's website, which is Little Yellow Couch. What's behind the name there? Because that's super interesting to me. <laughs> I'm not sure it is such an interesting story. Honestly, again, this is back when I had a business partner we were trying out all kinds of names and every .com, .net was taken. <laughs> yeah. And I am talking, we spent weeks, you know, because you really want the name to be so reflective of, of everything. You know, you're trying to put so much into that one name. And um, we're, we're just, I don't know, scrolling through Pinterest or I don't, I, was this, this might've even been at the beginning of Instagram. You know, it was, it was a while ago. And um <laughs> I'm scrolling through. I see a a picture of an interior that I absolutely loved. It had all these layers to it and color and pattern and great mix of things or antiques. And and in it was this was this old fashioned looking couch with, you know, tufted velvet, Mm -hmm. the exposed wooden carved legs, the whole thing. And I loved it. And I I, I joked to my partner, I emailed her saying, hey, how about little yellow couch? And she was like, you know, I kind of like it. And it just went from there. I mean, so, and then we ended up buying a little yellow couch that looks just like our vision of what a little yellow couch would be. And, and I've never really regretted it, even though it, it didn't have a, you know, very meaningful history, <laughs> linguistic history to us. It still feels good. It still feels like, you know, that's what I want to be doing. I want to be sitting on a, on a cute little couch and talking yeah. to people about style and, and having meaningful conversations. Here's what I loved about it. And on your website, you have a picture of you sitting on a little yellow couch. And what I thought when I saw that was, oh, I love that couch. I wish I had the guts to put a little yellow couch in my house. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Because I love that. But then I'm like, oh, that's not very practical. Oh, kids, dogs, all that good stuff. (laughs) Which brings me to a question about, well, and maybe we'll save this one for just a little bit later, but I'd really like to talk about how to get bolder in our style choices. Okay. Because yeah. I think in, and maybe we'll just cover it now because what the heck we're here. But I think for clothing, it's easier to be a little bolder because it's a shirt, right? I mean, you yes. don't like it. You wear it a few times, you donate it, you sell it, you do whatever. It's not the end of the world. It's not a major investment. Yes. But a little yellow couch, like you're committing to a little yellow couch. Yes. So how can we be bolder in our decisions for our home to create that personal space that we really want to have? It's a great question. And I completely understand where the fear or the reservation is coming from. For exactly the reason you've said, it's an investment, or it can be if we're talking about a big piece of furniture, you know, not so much for a vase, right? A vase is like a shirt. It's, it's, It's less of an investment. So 
Unfortunately, I have a very simple answer that a lot of people kind of roll their eyes at and, and just wave off, which is you have to buy what you love. Mm. You know what? Not to interrupt you, but I think our listeners are probably rolling their eyes right now because they think oh, good. Jennifer has said that a million times. Okay. Buy what you love, wear what you love. And I, you know what? I always feel like it's a cop-out answer. Yeah, I do too, because I get that that's just sound that- it, Like I'm just blowing people off. Right. They want a, um, a formula or they want a, a specific yeah. answer like buy this, not that. Yes. Yes. Spend money here, not there. And, and there's, I mean, I have a few tips around that, a few thoughts around that, but, but it always comes back to not only should you love it, but- why not buy something you love? If you are buying a couch that is safe because you think, oh, it'll go with everything or it, it's no one's going to notice it. It can fade into the background. I'll just put a throw pillow on it uh, to make it interesting. Then that's not a, that's not a non-decision that that's you're, you're actively saying, I want to not be noticed. I want to not have a vision. I want to not have a point of view where when you buy something you love, a yellow couch, I also happen to have a red couch. You are committing to something that you're going to, that's going to make you happy as opposed to feel absolutely nothing. It's, 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 I guess feeling nothing is better than feeling bad or feeling sad or feeling like you've made a mistake, but it's still not as good as feeling happy. Hmm. But I think sometimes when you buy things that make you feel nothing, you end up feeling bad about it because you had an opportunity to buy something exactly. that made you happy and you didn't. I think there's regret in that. You know, that reminds me of a a client I was working with and she was working to build her own business and she was going to all these networking events and she told me that she actively dressed in a way to help her fly under the radar. She did not like to be noticed. Huh. Listen, to get me to leave my house at night is hard. It's hard. Uh, but if I, so if I'm going to spend the time to go to something where I don't know people and I have to like be on the whole time, yeah. why would I want to do that and then not be noticed? Exactly. Yes. Like that's, that's a terrible way to stay home. Yeah. Stay home. Wear your sweatpants and stay home. Exactly. Exactly. I love, I, I love, love the parallel story. there. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I, a great example actually is my red couch um, because I've had it for even longer than my yellow couch. And I loved it. It came in tan and it came in red. And I wanted the red one. My heart wanted the red one, but I got the tan one because, hmm. you know, safe, right? It'll go with everything. It's more versatile, right. blah, 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 blah. Well, luckily the tan one did not fit through the doorway of the room that it was meant to go in. Oh. But I still really liked the couch itself. I liked the bones. I liked the shape. It was very comfortable, that whole thing. So then I said to the guy, you know what? This is a sign. I want the red couch and it's going to go in a different room. Because the couch could fit through one doorway into one room, but not another. <laughs> okay. So I got the red couch. It went in a different room and I have never regretted it. And it also, I have to say, I am not even a red person. Like there's almost no red in my wardrobe. Uh, I, I don't tend to pick red flowers. I, I'm just, but for whatever reason, this couch really resonated with me. I loved it. And it has always worked in every single home I've been in with it. 
and every single room I've put it in somehow because I love it. It goes with everything else that I love. I love that. Again, I feel like I'm getting a little wishy-washy. Like I'm not really helping people go, yeah, but you know, how do you know when to pull the trigger and how, how, when not to pull the trigger? I, I, I just, I guess the, I guess the other issue that, that, that the, the concern that people have, and again, I understand this too, is that what if it goes out of style? Like what if I only like it because it's trending? Hmm. And that actually is a slippery slope that, that you can actually make a mistake with buying something that you think you love only because you're seeing it everywhere and it's very popular and you're looking at Instagram or Pinterest and it's a part of these great styled rooms. Like let's just take the boho look, for example, very popular, been popular now for quite a few years. But if you don't feel like you could take that thing, that boho item, let's say, I don't know what it is, a macrame wall hanging, let's say and put it in every room in your house and it would work in every room in your house, then chances are it's a trend that is not really you and you may get tired of it within a couple of years or even sooner. Oh, that's interesting advice. That's really interesting advice. That's a question I get asked a lot about clothes as well. It's like, well, I love this thing, but will it still be current in a couple of years? And again, you know, like you're buying a shirt, who cares? <laughs> you right. Know I mean? right, so right. Don't buy the $500 shirt and we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's an interesting thing. So you're saying that like your home should sort of have this cohesive feel that reflects you rather than just buying one-off pieces because they're trendy. Yes. I think the one-off, pe- the trend pieces look good because they are in a room that's full of other pieces that are exactly in the same trend. Yeah. So you're trying to buy a piece of that trend when you buy the, the macrame wall hanging. And you might even then decide to turn your whole room into that trend so that it all works together. But if, if it only works in that one room, then that's, that's a clue to you. That's, that's saying to you, oh, this isn't, this isn't who I am throughout my whole home. And therefore, I'm going to be kind of putting myself in a theme. And I think themes tend to really box us in and really limit us. The key is to the mix. The key is to learn how to mix all of your different interests together. Interesting. So I talk a lot about before you start buying clothes, kind of define your style. Like, how do you want it to look? Because and I've shared a million times that my favorite habit from Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is begin yeah. with the end in mind. If you don't know where you're okay. going, it's really hard to know how to get there. And it's really impossible to know when you are there. Right. right. So I really encourage people to come up with like three, I call them style guideposts. This is how I want my style to look. And, you know, if you pick one, like let's say you say preppy, that's a costume. That's just one. Wow. But if you yep. say, I want to look preppy, relaxed, and classic. All of a sudden, you have a little bit more leeway to sort of mm-hmm. mix these things together. More than three for me in wardrobing is it's kind of chaotic, and then you're just okay. buying stuff, right? So I yeah. really encourage people to pick those three words. And I'm wondering if the same concept sort of applies to home decor, sort of beginning with what you want the space to look like. Yes, I I also start with how you want it to feel because I okay what I really try to help people with is connecting the dots between the feelings that you want to experience and which design elements evoke those feelings because I think there's a disconnect between that. Okay, can you give us an example? Sure. So 
So for example, let's say you want to feel contemplative, focused, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's either a creative room that you have. If, if you have some sort of creative, you know, studio space in your home, or it's an office, right? Because you have to do work in your office. And so you want to feel contemplative. You want to feel focused. The colors that you choose are going to help get you in that zone. Mm -hmm. And then the materials that you use are going to further help emphasize those feelings. So, so back to contemplative focused, you're going to want to arrange your, your furniture in a way that helps you not get distracted. So that might mean having one painting on a wall that you're facing and not 50 million things. It might mean for other people having a gallery wall with a lot of different things, because the way your brain works, your eye needs to kind of wander, go up, go down, go left, go right. And, and, and kind of light upon different objects that you've got hanging on your wall to spark new ideas. So there's no, there's no rules about, well, which colors, which patterns, which uh, layouts evoke contemplative focused work for everyone. We're all different. You've got to figure out what, what that means for you. For some people, it's going to mean like a library feel, like a classic library with like dark colors and beautiful bronze uh, sconces on the walls and a beautiful dark wood desk with a blotter, you know, other people, it's going to be all white. They're going to need mm-hmm. um, almost nothing around them. They're going to need a lot of woolly nubby things because they like to play with things in their hands as they're, as they're thinking. It might be, they need uh, to have a lucite desk that's, that's see-through because they don't want a lot of heavy wooden furniture in the room that, that brings them down. Is this making any sense? Yeah, no, that totally is. And I'm kind of thinking about like a dining room where I would want it to feel like a very, a welcoming space. So using, you know, a a kind of a rough hewn wood table versus like a glass top table and super modern chairs. Exactly. Exactly. Because the glass and the smooth chairs feel, they feel slick. They feel like glossed over. And so therefore they're not, they're not encouraging a depth of conversation, right? They feel a little bit more breeze through as opposed to sit down and chat for a while. Yeah. But there could be another person who wants their space to feel very modern and maybe they're really into, you know, very modern cuisine. And then my table wouldn't necessarily work as well in that space. So I really like the idea of how do you want your home or even a room in your home to feel? I love that. I love that. So one of the things you talk about on your website is slow style. Can you tell us what that is all about? Sure. Slow style is is sort of my philosophy toward design that I've developed over the years. And slow style seemed to be the best way to describe it because rather than focusing on the outcome, the the finished room where all of the pieces are bought, the curtains are hung, everything is is looking exactly like you pictured it would look, the focus instead with slow style is on the process of creating the room. So it's about okay. how you feel as you are in the creative act of choosing things to bring in and, and, and take out of your home. It's about the process of 
composing a vignette that is just kind of reflective of your mood for, say, a month that might then change a month later. It's about the process of picking out the basics for a room. So you've got a place to sit. You've got a little table to put a drink on. But it might take you a while to find the perfect rug or it might take you a while to find fabric and maybe you want to make your own curtains. Things will evolve, things will change. And rather than bemoaning the fact that things aren't lasting, you know, oh, I, I, but I decorated this room five years ago. Why am I, why do I need to do it over again? Or I don't want to do it over again, which is true for some people, but for people who kind of, you know, are following me, it's, it's more about, no, I want it to change. I want it to evolve. I'm evolving as a human. My interests are changing. My passions are changing. I like the refresh. I like that process. So slow style is sort of an antidote to disposable decor. It's an antidote to the quick turnover of decor. Mm. And instead, it's about the process of developing who you are as it's expressed in your home. I love that idea. So I recently moved a a painting from my office and now it's going upstairs. It's actually going in our bathroom. And I have Uh this big empty wall and I hate this big empty wall. Uh-huh. But I'm not going to buy anything I don't absolutely love. Because what I found is like when I go out and I need, have to style a bookshelf or whatever, the things I buy yeah. to style the bookshelf, I end up getting rid of because they're not things I absolutely love. But on the other hand, right. and maybe my bookshelf stays a little empty for a while, if I just collect things I like here and there, like this is a really special thing. Oh, hey, look, it fits here. I end up with things in the long run, that really speak to me a whole lot more. Absolutely. And there's so, it's so much more meaningful. It has soul. It has depth. It has story. Um, you can tell. I can tell immediately when I look at bookcases whether or not they've, the objects have been purchased for a styling effect or not. I really can, um, you know, even though I don't know the person. How can you tell? How can I tell? Yeah. What what are what are the giveaways? The giveaways. Well, first of all, because of the industry I'm in, I am very aware of all of the products that are out there, right? So, first of all, yep. I've probably seen it before. <laughs> yeah. But second of all, um, there's usually it, it, the, the object itself is usually generic. Um, there's almost nothing handmade that's on the shelf. So there, there's a lack of kind of tactile. Uh, materiality to it. It, It's not, it it feels machine made, right? Mm -hmm. I can tell because there's uh, nothing necessarily personal that's about these objects. They like, I don't, I'm not looking at them going, oh, I wonder where you found that. I'm going, oh, you put that there. Okay. Okay. Uh, You know, it's, it's kind of hard to describe how I know, but, um, there's also not a mix of things. Everything looks like it's from the same decade. Um, okay. It, there's nothing natural mixed in with things that are man-made. Uh, and they're, and they're, like I said, the objects are often very recognizable. They're very, they're very generic. Huh. Okay. I'm going to have to think about that one a little more. So as you're talking about that makes me think of places like home goods and at home. And I feel like they've made home decor so much more accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like they kind of ruined it. (laughs) Does that make sense? I mean, I don't want to badmouth those stores completely because I do love the accessibility 
aspect. I mean, yeah. interior design, uh, thoughtful, considered design used to only be for those who could hire an interior designer. And frankly, most of us can't. Right. So accessibility is great. Um, what I don't like about it is what they what, what what these companies are doing now is they're they're looking to handmade artisans, or they're looking to people who have traveled the globe and have brought back handmade things from other countries, and they're simply replicating them. It, the the macrame wall hanging, for example, is is a great example because um, about eight years ago, I started meeting artists who were fiber artists, and they were making things out of ropes and uh, threads, and they were using different types of linens and wools and um, shiny materials, and, and, and they were creating these kind of sculptural pieces that would hang on your wall. And it, it blew up, you know, on the internet, and now you can buy a macrame wall hanging from Target. Now I love Target. I'm not I'm not going to bash Target completely, but I don't want my art to come from there. And and I don't want mm. my objects that I'm putting on my shelves to come from there. I will go to Home Goods for a tablecloth. I will go to Home Goods for sometimes for a throw pillow, although, although I don't usually, but when people do, I understand why. Um, but mm-hmm. I won't go for objects that are supposed to sort of really mean something to me or represent who I am, which again would be art and, and objects that are there, you know, simply to tell my story. So for instance, like I've got, a, I'm looking at an antler, a deer antler that I have on my bookshelf right now. And it came from my mother-in-law's farm. She found it, it was shed on the ground because she's got deer all over the place. I could probably buy an antler. It may not even be a real antler at home goods. <laughs> And it just wouldn't have the same right. meaning to me. And so therefore, I'm going to get rid of that antler in a couple of months because I bought it at Home Goods. Like I could still see the price sticker on it. You know, like it just doesn't mean right. anything. Whereas I've had this antler from my mother-in-law's <laughs> farm for 10 years. That's so interesting. I find those stores, I, I, they have their utility. I love a good Home Goods run, but I can never find the right thing there. And maybe that's why, hmm. you know, last summer hmm. we went to this flea market, I don't know, artisan handmade thing. I don't, I don't even know what this thing was, but there was this huge yeah. um, inlaid wood, like from a reclaimed barn, like in a quilt pattern. Ooh. And I wanted it cool. so bad. Was it like a table or something or piece of art? No, it was um, like a wall hanging. It was a, a okay, and it okay. was made by this guy who was missing like three fingers because he's he's oh. been like you know using these kinds of saws. Like oh. you know what I'm saying? Like it had a story. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, it was so expensive, and I didn't buy it. And I have yeah. thought about that thing for mm, coming up on nine, ten months now, and yeah. I have tried to find it. I've looked at every like hand, you know, mass produced thing, like inlaid barn, wood hanging. And every single one just looks not the same, not the same. And so this summer, if he comes back, I'm buying that thing because I've literally been thinking about it for a year, for a year and I've wanted it. it. So so that's that's such a great example of slow style because you have – you have discovered this feeling that you have for something that, that now you understand the value of it. Um, you, you, 
understandably are going, oh my gosh, how could that possibly cost that much? Or I don't have that much to spend on it. It was right? more the second one because I, I really yeah. do value home handmade things cost a lot of money because you have to right. factor in somebody's time. And I think- And they should, right. Right, right, you should be paying for what they're, right, exactly. But there are times when we really truly can't afford yep. it. And the fact that you are coming back to it means that there is a part of you Maybe not literally, maybe you didn't have an actual piggy bank that you've been saving up for it, but because you haven't forgotten that piece, you have been saving for it in some way that you now are going to pull into your reserves and put the money down on it. And you're, you, you know, you're going to love it for a long yep. time yep. because you've sat with it for yep. so long. And that's the other thing that I, I encourage people to sit with these ideas, especially if it's a big purchase. Don't don't buy it immediately. Um, you know, let it. I, we do this with art. You know, we we follow artists. Um, my husband and I for years before we buy one of their paintings. Hmm. And it's it's for the it's it's you know oh five thousand dollars for a painting feels a bit much right now. You know, yeah. and it takes us a long time to kind of build up to that. But I think when you finally pull that trigger, you know it's not an exactly. impulse purchase. It feels so good. And you know, literally, I, I haven't been able to get this thing out of my head for almost yes. a year. That's when you know it's meant for you. Yes, that is when you absolutely know. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about what are some of the current home design trends. And just because I'm nosy, what are some that you're ready to be done with that you think are sort of right. heading out? Well, okay, so I'm not the best person to talk about trends because I, I'm a terrible forecaster. I, I couldn't tell you what's around the horizon, um, but I guess I could talk about my thoughts Me on too. what has been trending. One trend that I think is great that I think is going to continue and I'm happy about are house plants. They have become huge. They were huge before mm -hmm. the pandemic, and then they just went uh, skyrocketing after the pandemic because I think we were all looking for something to kind of nurture and take care of and, uh, you know, some new skill to learn like gardening or whatever. Um, and I don't think that's going away because they are uh, beneficial to us mental health-wise, the quality of our air, that type of thing. But also that there are so many beautiful um, vessels to put them in both things you can buy handmade pots, mm -hmm. um, mass produced pots, like be just beautiful things to put them in, but also people become creative and what they're putting them in, you know, reusing, um, old tins or reusing baskets or creating their own things, making, you know, macrame plant hangers, all, all that stuff. So, so it's really become much more entwined with de decorating and decor than I think it was back in say the seventies when the last time we had a big house plant boom, where it felt like it was a little bit more separate. Um, so I'm excited about that trend. And in terms of trends that I also feel like we're really embracing our more environmentally friendly uh, production methods for the things we bring into our home and for the clothes that we mm -hmm. wear um, things like fair trade and uh, ecologically responsibly uh, made or found things. I think that people are becoming even more interested in that stuff. Great trend. 
In terms of styles, though, I feel like we are still on a hamster wheel of jumping from one narrowly defined style to another. Like you were saying, I loved how you said if you if you have one adjective, one style, it's it's like preppy. It's a costume. Whereas if you have multiple, it's something that represents all of who you are. I, I guess the analogy in home design would be if you have one style in a room, it's a it's a set design. It's a it's a theatrical moment. Whereas if you have multiple styles going on, huh. it's representative of a of a whole human, it not just one aspect of a human. Farmhouse, we're looking at you. We're talking yeah. about you, right? <laughs> not that I don't love a little farmhouse, but like right. but exactly and, and, and for whatever reason, we we um in our you know in the product area of things, the product side of things, we are really focused on one style at a time and what's going to be the big style. And I, like I said, boho has had a long moment. Farmhouse has, uh, seems to have an everlasting appeal with slight, um, you know, moderations to mm-hmm. it. Like, like sometimes it's modern farmhouse or industrial farmhouse. Um, but I'm really hoping that the trend for mixing things together becomes more prominent. And, and I, the reason why I think it has a fighting chance is because I have a lot of people one of the major questions people come to me with is how do I know what my style is? Number one. And number two, but what do I do with all the other stuff that doesn't fit into that style? And that's when I say, Oh, you don't have to get rid of it all. You have to learn how to mix it together. And that, that desire, that, that inquisitiveness, that curiosity, about how do I mix it all together? I hope that that is something that becomes a trend because we there is room in our homes for all kinds of styles and all kinds of aspects of our personality. Um, I, I think for people who want things to be calmer, like you said, maybe you're only going to have three of them. You know, you're not going to have 50 million different styles. But for a maximalist, they are going to have probably more than three. They're probably going to have more like seven. Hmm. So okay. I want to embrace that rather than trying to... Uh, box ourselves into the current one style fits all trend. I think that that is the scariest thing for people though, because when you say farmhouse, people go, okay, I know what that means. I know what I can buy. I just need like a chicken sign over here and a (laughs) Buffalo plaid rug over there. And listen, I I have a chicken sign and a Buffalo plaid rug. (laughs) So I'm not knocking it at all, but when it is so narrowly defined, we know what to do. When you're like, just mix it all together, then people, myself included, like, that's scary. I don't know how. So I know that we are on a bit of a time crunch today, but I'm going to have a huge ask and I'm going to ask you to come back for another episode and talk to us about how to mix things in our house and help us break out of our one style only. Will you do that for us? Oh my gosh. I, I, a part two. Yes. How exciting. We'll do that. that. And I, I will be better at giving more specific, um, direction, I guess, or, you know, ideas, uh, tips and things that more actionable. Let's put it that way. I, I think today I've been a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, talking about the intangible, Unfortunately, though, I think that's, it all comes down to that. It does. It does. I mean, that's- It's the, buy what you love, wear what exactly. you love. There is there is no other answer, right. unfortunately. Right. So yeah. we, we, we're going to dig into a little bit more about how to do that, I think, in our next in our next interview. I love that. Thank you yes. so much. I'm, yes. I'm flattered that you, that you want to do that. 
I would love to do that. So I do like to ask my guests as our last question, what's one thing you'd like our listeners to take away from our conversation today? Just something you want them to put in their hearts and in their heads and think about when they think about their homes. Okay. So actually, I'm going to leave you with two things, if that's okay. Okay. The first is, is um, I guess, because we're going to go on with this mixing things together thing, um, I want to invite people to uh, come to my website, Little Yellow Couch, and check out our free style finder. Um, what it is, is it's a, it's a, it's a little workbook um, where you are going to do what you've talked about with clothing style. And you're going to, you're, I take you through a process of figuring out three words, sometimes it's two, to describe your style. And I'm saying okay. that now because I think that that unpacking the results of that worksheet would is really what we're talking about for our next interview. Oh my gosh, that will be so fun. Yeah. So we're going to give everyone homework. Yes. You have to go do that. Exactly. I love that. Exactly. This is going to be a good time. So, okay. so, so go do that. Go. It's called, it's called the style mashup is, is it's sort of like a game. But um, because nobody knows what a style mashup is, I call it the free style finder. <laughs> it's the little <laughs> button on the homepage of my website. So that's how you access the style mashup game. Um, okay, so Perfect. now what, what do I want to leave people with? What I really want to leave people with is this idea that style, beauty, everyone deserves to be surrounded in beauty or to see something beautiful or to know that you can create something beautiful every single day. It's not a luxury. It's not something that is only for the wealthy. It is not something that is only something you do when you have time and when you have money because beauty does not have to cost money or time when you are defining it in a way that just is about something that just makes you feel good about yourself, that makes you feel happy. And so I want to kind of encapsulate this whole conversation or, or, or give it context to say that this is not about skin deep style or skin deep beauty. It's about how it permeates who we are and how we're mm -hmm. going to bring it into our lives because we deserve it, because showing up in the world and being seen is something that everyone deserves to be able to do and to feel comfortable with, to be able to feel comfortable in your own body feel comfortable in your own home, to feel comfortable having people come into your home. And so when you start from that premise, I think you get rid of any worries about, oh, this is so superfluous. This is so, you know, um, meaningless. Yes. I say it all the time. Fashion isn't frivolous. Yes. It, it makes a difference in how you feel about yourself and how you show up in the world. It's not frivolous. Exactly. And decor so is not neither are throw either. Yes. Yeah. So that, I just want to say that, like, let's start from that place as opposed to, Oh, what's a pretty looking throw pillow? What's a pretty looking paint color? Like, I don't care about what's pretty. I care about what's meaningful. Yes. Oh, that is so, so, so good. Zandra, tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. Thank you, Jennifer. This has been so much fun. So again, littleyellowcouch.com is where I live. It's everything, you know, you can find social media there. You can find this, this free guy that I'm talking about. You can find out about the podcast, everything. So I invite Perfect. everyone to visit me there and I look forward to seeing you. 
Awesome. So we're going to have that link in the show notes. So everybody, if you're listening and you want to do part two with us, <laughs> you got to go do the style mashup. Yes. And then next episode, we're going to walk through that. And we're going to figure out how to get out of our one style rut and start creating beautiful, meaningful spaces that absolutely light us up. Zandra, thank you for being on the show and helping us understand how to, to, to start thinking about looking at our homes differently. And thank you so much for agreeing to do a part two. Oh, thank you, Jennifer. It's really, truly been a pleasure. You're delightful to talk to. And I know we are in sync in terms of how we see the world. I love that. I love that. So ladies, go take the style mashup. Xander, we will talk to you soon. And I'm excited for all of us to build beautiful spaces together. See you next time, ladies. Hey, friend, thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to head over to the website for any links, downloads, or resources we talked about during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com slash podcast and find the episode you're looking for. While you're there, make sure you sign up for our email list. You'll get a weekly style tip as well as links to my favorite product of the week to help make style even easier. It's an email you'll actually look forward to getting, so don't miss out. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.